The royalty of college football is in assembly. What can you say? They, they were fired up. They played like they were on, you know, cocaine sandwiches the whole game. Two sides. You never go against at home. The Russian Army and Notre Dame. 50-45. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Mike Calabrese. You know what? I, I can't. I can't really even claim that. I'm not your fearless leader. I'm not even going to say the name of the podcast because at this point we should all just gather around the goddamn campfire because this guy's six and zero. He's uh, put the whole podcast on his back. He seems to be really enjoying himself. I was actually at a wedding uh, in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, last weekend, and it's one thing to you know basically be speaking to friends and family via an elongated voicemail, which is essentially what uh, our podcast is. It's another thing to see them in person and to see them actually disappointed with your picks and not even not even an anger kind of thing where it's like, you know, my Aunt Helen's just like, but I thought I thought this was your thing that you, you knew how games are going to end. And I didn't. Um, so I'm just going to kick it over to camp. Um, I may chime in with a few picks, but who really gives a shit? You're not going to bet them because who would be backing the garbage fire? That is my uh, my recommendations lately. Ryan, how you doing? Yeah, that's right. Come sit around the campfire, kids. We'll tell you scary ghost stories about Cal blowing a minus 400 favorite or being so cocksure you lay an extra touchdown with Oregon, who ekes out a win over three and a half on the line, but not over 10. Spooky. Very Halloween-y. Yeah, it was good. I was very happy to go 3-0 and again. Blind squirrels and nuts and all that shit, but also sometimes really smart people get ahead in life, too. That's also a thing that happens, so I felt pretty good about that. Mike, what was the worst part of a bad weekend for you? I know that you also lost a heartbreaker on that Alabama scoop and score uh, for, with fantasy implications, which I know is a, I'm crossing the streams here, but it was a bad weekend for you in a lot of different ways. So I just want to tap into that for a second, too, and see how you're doing. Yeah, I, I think what I need to do is I realize that I'm, I'm cursed. I must have fucked the wives of many of the gambling gods or something like that, the fantasy gods. It's a weird thing for a virgin to have done. Yeah, no, listen, you know, when it comes to... I'm going to have to like open up the Iliad to make sure that I'm uh, cursing out the right person on Mount Olympus here. But when you're in a losing streak like this, it's just not a lot makes sense, including my own metaphors. So what I'm going to try to do is try to narrow it down to what was the worst. So, yeah. so Jared Guarantano essentially just throwing the football into the end zone on a quarterback sneak, which, by the way, uh, adding salt to the wound, Cole Kublek on, uh, on Twitter.com. It's a free website. You guys should check it out. He basically pointed out that they had uh, a power uh, run called where they're pulling the guard. They're going to have the lead fullback, and it would have been a touchdown for sure. But Jared, in all of his infinite wisdom, was like, no, no, no. I got this. I'll just go right over top the Alabama defense. And it kind of looked like someone playing like spike ball or slam ball, whatever it's called on the beach where there's that like bouncy thing in the middle of a bunch of, you know, dude bras drinking white claws. And he just slam balled it into the end zone and the Alabama defender picked it up and ran 103 yards of the end zone, costing me my fantasy matchup and probably a shot at the fantasy playoffs. And then also I had a wide receiver the third in a month to get hurt. He messed his ribs up or something like that. But you know what? I want to put all that aside because that's just a lot of bad juju for me. And what I want to do instead is focus on someone with good juju, which is you, Ryan. And I want to ask you three questions about three games because three games to me, these aren't necessarily my picks for the week, but they just don't make sense to me. So I'm going to run through these quickly and then I'd love to hear your input on it. Texas minus one and a half at TCU. 
This is the same Texas team that only lost by a touchdown to LSU and Oklahoma, two college football playoff bona fides. Like, I do not understand why they're only laying a point and a half. I know that Fort Worth is a really tough place to play, and TCU's lost three of their last four, and they've looked really bad in the last two in particular. Their passing game's nowhere to be found. That one doesn't make sense to me. Number two, Notre Dame laying one at Michigan. Is this the offseason? Is this July? Is this uh, Michigan's back again? Like, I've been watching Michigan this whole season, and their speed and space thing is total horseshit. And Shea Patterson doesn't really know how to run this offense. And aside from Zach Charbonnet, who's got a fantastic name and has been you know pretty productive as a freshman running back i don't trust anything on their offense and notre dame you know they came within what six of beating georgia and that's their only loss in the whole season ian book i know exactly what i'm getting with him does make sense and finally i'm gonna go back to the arizona state well because i hate myself and i want to just prove to everybody that i know pac-12 football which nobody cares about but they're laying three and a half at ucla this is the same ucla team that lost by 17 at home to oregon state so just tell me where, spot the lie in here, what's wrong with these picks? Why is this not a 3-0 for me? Why can't I just be happy and have good things, Ryan? I don't get the Arizona State one. I don't. That line has also moved to minus four now, but the Sharps still like UCLA there. So I don't know. You're over a magic number there. UCLA's at home. Arizona, like, I'm with you on that one. That doesn't make any sense. I'll go further on the Michigan one. Michigan opened as a two-and-a-half-point favorite there. So the line is at least corrected to put Notre Dame as the favorite, but I don't fucking get it, man. I was talking to friends from Ann Arbor before the season started, and I was like, hey, this has to be Harbaugh's last year, right? Like, they're not, I don't see how they're going to compete, really. Like, I know that now he's, not only does he have his quarterback, which was the storyline last year, now he's got his quarterback for a second year, so they can underachieve yet again. And it was like, I don't, what, how, who, how do they match up against anything? And they just keep losing. And then they just keep getting more faith poured into them. It's just a group of white people failing up in the most obvious, like just broadcast on television each week. And also Harbaugh is going to go to the NFL now because he put out the statement that said, I'm not going to the NFL, which means he's going to go to the fucking NFL. It's, it's wild. I would take Notre Dame there too. Texas, I'm not so sure. Texas, I think playing your psychology game last week, which I think was a good method and just an unfortunate outcome. I don't think Texas is in it anymore. Two losses now, a bad loss to Oklahoma. Again, it wasn't a bad loss. Oklahoma's a very good team, but a disappointing loss, a deflating loss. I think TCU is tough. I think in-state rivalry games are tough. I I don't know. That's that's a state. I just don't know what to make of Texas, so I would stay away from that game. But I, the other two, I'm with you. I don't understand. I got another line, too, that we're, we'll talk about in a second that makes no fucking sense to me whatsoever. Um, so, again, may, maybe we're barking up the right tree here. Maybe we don't know as much as we thought we knew. But the, I, those two, Michigan and Arizona State, I, uh, I'm, I'm with you. If I, if I were you, take them. Make those your picks. We'll see. Yeah, you know what? Screw it. I'll just make those my three picks. Um, I'm also, you know, a pretty savvy producer. Matt's not the only producer on this podcast. He does all the technical, actual work, and I just talk and tell people to do stuff. So I get producer credits as well. And what I've learned is that when you have something really good and you want people to listen to the whole episode, you just bury that in the last five minutes of the episode. So we're going to wait on Ryan's three picks. He's 6-0. and oh. That's let me check my math here. That's a hundred percent correct in the last two weeks. But we're gonna go to Matt, who couldn't, you know, find his ass with uh, two hands and a flashlight, and see what he has here in week nine. 
Thank you for the lovely introduction, Mike. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a great weekend last week. I was also extremely tilted by Cal's loss to Oregon State. That ruined about uh, six parlays. That fucking team is truly horrendous. On offense without their starting quarterback, they looked absolutely lost. God, that was really excruciating. Um, also, Miami having not one but two chances to beat an awful Georgia Tech team in regulation, but missed not one but two 25-yard field goals. That was that was really something. That was really a fun time for me. Um, but you guys can, of course, eat shit, especially you, Ryan. Congratulations on all your success. Uh, this week, I'm going to uh, first one of the absolute worst games of the season in a season that's had plenty of crappy games. I like UMass catching 10 at home against UConn. Both of these teams are almost unmitigated disasters. I do know that UMass is worse. I've watched more than one UMass game this year in its entirety. Um, but UConn is is awful and catching 10 points uh, with a team uh, that can score, is capable of scoring points. UConn, not a very strong offense. I don't know if they could take advantage of UMass's defense, which is mostly just bags of wet leaves. So I'm going to catch the 10 in this one. Next two bets are both in the Texas A&M and Mississippi State game. Mississippi State is an absolute mess, in case you didn't know that. Coach Joe Moorhead, who arrived from Penn State with much fanfare, um, it is a mess for him right now. Got fans calling for his head. They're screaming at his freshman daughter in the stands. There, are, There's some whispers that they're investigating a buyout. We got players transferring. Uh, the quarterback situation is a disaster. So I'm going to take Texas A&M laying the 10 and a half at home. A&M also in need of a, a real stomp job. And I think Jimbo Fisher knows how to lay one on a wounded opponent. Um, in addition, I like Mississippi State team total under. Um, that is not released yet, but the implied team total is 20. I like anything under 21 and a half. I don't think, I don't think this team makes it to three touchdowns. So I think that's easy money. They didn't come close to their team total last week against LSU. And I see no reason they do it this time. So those are my three picks. And uh, yeah, fuck you guys. Just uh, a lot of really, really nice things to say around Grandma that comes out of uh, Matt Mitchell's mouth whenever he gets gets all fired up, gets the syrup in him, gets a little antsy in the pantsy, and uh, takes some takes some pot shots at the other members of this podcast. Um, you could certainly get on him for not picking well, for leaving roughly seventy five seconds of dead air in the podcast last time, for cutting off a voicemail, but you can't question the man's energy and vitality. That really, he he may fail. But he's going to fail hard. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the extreme sports person of our podcast. Like he just goes one hundred and fifty percent, but he just doesn't quite know the rules or uh, control of his own body. So I appreciate his intensity. All right, we buried the lead long enough, Ryan, Mister Mister Three and O, Mister Six and O. Congratulations! Can you just give us our picks this week so we can just I don't know win for once, but still feel like we're losing? It's very complicated riding your coattails, but I'm happy, just so happy. Oh, if we had savvy, if we had savvy, if we had listeners, and if we also had savvy listeners, they would know to immediately fade all three of these picks because there's no way this is going to work, but. No one knows the actual definition of the gambler's fallacy, so we're going to move right ahead. I'm going to give you an early game, an afternoon game, and an evening game. We'll start with the early one, and you can tell me why exactly my streak is going to come to an end. I like the under Oklahoma at K-State. It's sitting at under 57.5. K-State's got a relatively stingy defense, 
and a bad offense. Oklahoma obviously has a great offense and a pretty good defense that's been a little more inconsistent than we thought they might be at the start of the season, but still pretty stout. These two teams are combined 7 out of 10 on the under in their last 10 games. And here's another thing that I think is interesting. We saw this when you picked OU to cover a big number at Kansas before Kansas also covered for us against Texas and impressed everybody. OU is under in all four of their road games this year. And K-State's under in all but one of their home games. For whatever reason, OU seems to be having trouble getting off the blocks. I don't know what that is. I don't know what, it may be nothing, but they've seemed sleepy when they're away from home. Again, I am more here betting on the fact that K-State has impressed. They have not given up more than 31 points. In their last five games, they seem to have their feet under them a little bit. I think they're just a problem team for most people. They're certainly beatable, but they're just annoying. They're pretty good on third down. They they try to get off the field. Like, they just feel like a team that you can't run over. And I don't think they can score in Oklahoma. So I think this is a better game for, for the Sooner defense. I think the Wildcats will have a pretty good time on defense. And 57.5 is a pretty big number. I mean, at, at that point, you need K-State to hang two to three touchdowns, and I don't see that happening. So I like under here, but let me know why this might be six and one for Ragay. Now, is this uh, an 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff? It sure is. Yeah, I, I mean, that that basically pushes it over the top for me to go ahead with the under, because as you pointed out accurately, Oklahoma's been slow in the first quarter, um, particularly when they're on the road, and then you throw in an 11 a.m. kick, I don't know. There's just there's just no sex appeal, you know. Coming off of the Red River uh, rivalry, the shootout, you know, it, it's difficult to get up to the proper level and to be firing on all cylinders every single week, even with the kind of talent that Oklahoma has offensively. And to take a K State team seriously, who, you know, once again, you point out, you know, they're competent. You're going to beat them. It's just a matter of how much you're going to beat them by. That's that's a hard pitch for twenty year old kids who are feeling themselves. So I, I think another slow start's probably in the cards here. All right. Second pick, what you got? 3.30 in the afternoon, Arizona at Stanford. We're going to talk about what specific bet I'm going to take here in a second because I want your input on it. I think it's an interesting question. But I like Stanford. I think this line is a total overreaction. By the way, right now it's a pick em. So we're going, to, we're going to talk about that in a second. I think this is a total overreaction to Stanford getting body rocked by UCLA last week. They lost 34-16. It looks bad. They had their third-string redshirt freshman in because they've suffered a bunch of injuries at quarterback and also a bunch of injuries on the offensive line. But let's look at something that I think is very interesting. Before last week, Arizona played Washington. The week before that, Stanford played Washington. They both had Washington at home. The Wildcats lost 51-27, to while the Cardinal won 23-13. I think that is more indicative of the two teams here, the quality of these two teams, than last week is, especially because this line has moved a bunch towards Stanford. And I think that's indicative of the Sharps thinking that we're going to see KJ Costello back, who appears to be closer than Miles. If that's the case, I think this is a no-brainer. I think Stanford is a, a better quality team. If you got to deal with Jack West again, who should go back to like being a host at Disneyland's Frontier World, rather than throwing for less than 50% last week, then I'm more inclined to stay away from this game. I think Stanford's going to win. I think Costello's going to play. 
They also lost kicker Jet Toner for the year, which as far as I'm concerned just means that they can't kick field goals in color anymore. They just have to kick them in black and white, which shouldn't be a problem. Uh, now, here's my question to you. On some books right now, you can get Stanford at plus one instead of a pick'em. Would you take Stanford plus one in the juice, or would you take pick'em at even odds, which is what we're looking at right now? Pick'em at plus 100, plus one at minus 10. How much of a close game do you think this is going to be, and where's the line for you? It's essentially is a DonBest.com kind of game for me, which for those in the gambling community know, that's where you go for injury updates. It's as good as you're going to get in an unregulated NCAA market. Thanks for nothing, Mark Emmert. If their quarterback plays, I think that they'll boat race Arizona. I think Arizona stinks. I think Kevin Sumlin stinks. I think Khalil Tate is he's all the bad things when people say running quarterback. It's all the negatives that they're talking about. They're talking about Khalil Tate. So for that reason, um, on the sideline, right up until I, they show the warm-ups, it says the little you know infographic that Chiron, that Costello is playing. I'd go ahead and, and lay seven and a half. See how much I'm going to get on probably you know plus two hundred something like that. Let's double our money up. Um, I really like this time of the season when you have familiarity between you know conference opponents. Uh, Stanford's going to eat their lunch in this game defensively. Um, so yeah, that's how I'd come down. If it if it is the the quarterback who played last week, I ended up watching that game against UCLA. He can't play a lick. They should go you know Miami Dolphins Ronnie Brown style and just do the Wildcat with Cam Scarlett the entire game. But I don't want to be a part of that. I don't deserve that. Even though um you know five games under five hundred this season, no one deserves to watch a Stanford offense piloted either by a running back or that third string schmuck. So just DonBest.com. Throw it on Twitter. You know Twitter's not a. Uh, a sponsor of our program, but I'm giving them plenty of love. You know, if, you, uh, if you're looking for that last second piece of information, just maybe verify. You know, there's some, some trolls out there that could be throwing around some fake information. But, you know, do your due diligence and then hop in on this battle. Perfect. I'll give you an easy one. The nightcap for me, BC at Clemson. Clemson laying a big number again, minus 34. Tigers all the way. BC probably feels great about beating NC State. I, I'm sure that they do. They don't feel nearly as bad as Clemson does about slipping down the rankings. And also, all of the new juice that Ohio State has gotten, not necessarily in the rankings, but now all of a sudden in your peripherals, they're a bunch of people's most powerful team. They're the highest in the college football power rankings. They have the greatest SP plus defense, blah, 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 blah. I thought Trevor Lawrence had a great second half game. I thought he had like, he almost looked like a starting pitcher who doesn't have his best stuff. And he started taking it on himself where he ran the ball, I think, far too often. And I hope Dabo stops calling so many design runs because the kid's getting rocked pretty good. But it, as the game went on, it felt like he had more control of the offense than he's looked like most of the season. And they ended up finishing very, very strong. If they can start early on BC rather than letting Louisville hang in like they did last week, I think this 34 is no problem whatsoever. I think you are looking at the last season that Adazio is coaching in BC, at BC, I think they are just about done trying this year. And I think a demoralizing loss to Clemson is going to do it. But I don't – it requires that the Tigers get off the blocks early, stick it to them in the first quarter, and then never let up. And I think that's what's going to happen here, and that's why I like Clemson to lay it big. But I can see an argument the other way that I think you're going to make. Well, I mean, for starters, those of you in podcast lands, you obviously can't see us, but Ryan is wearing Clemson-colored flannel right now. It looks like he's in his little Woody Dantzler pajamas, getting ready for uh, for a late-night game, stay up with Pops, watch uh, Clemson you know, hang a big number on BC. 
Um, I don't know. I, I, what's strange to me is there has to be more to this story about Trevor Lawrence because he legitimately, and it, it pains me to say it, to compliment a Dabo coach team, and I don't particularly like the whole vibe of Trevor Lawrence. I don't like his personality. He was so good. He was like borderline perfect quarterback play in the college football playoff last year. And now it's like he's airmailing some passes. He's throwing some in the dirt, you know, reminiscent of like Donovan McNabb throwing those slant passes in the early 2000s for the Eagles. It's like, what's going on? Like, how did you, how did you lose it? Um, so for that reason, I think I still need to see Clemson rev up the engine. They haven't really been forced to, even in the North Carolina game, they, the win expectancy, when you look at Bill Conley's um, you know, post-game, um, it's essentially heat mapping, they should have lost that game. They, they were not in control. At no point did they really uh, take their play up and force North Carolina to meet them. So for that reason, it, it's just a stay away from me. But in terms of fading Boston College, that, that sounds like pretty sound advice. Um, you got a lame duck head coach. You got you know, a one-dimensional offense. Oh, and by the way, they lost to Kansas. So if they can lose to Kansas, they can lose to Clemson by any number. You can just make it up. Um, but I, this is more of a anti-Clemson stay away from me than a, a pro-BC. But uh, who might argue, you know? You're 6-0. and I'm not. Um, so you got that going for you, which is nice. This has been the campfire. I'm your co-host, Mike Calabrese. I'll leave it to, uh, to Ryan to, uh, to walk us out. Wow. What an honor. I got to tell you. Hey, listen, guys. We all know that we hit a bad beat every once in a while. The whole podcast practically went 0-9 a few weeks ago. Things, things look dark. And as we talked about before, the only way to get back in the black is to bet twice as hard. So if you had a tough week last week, if you didn't take my advice and you were more persuaded by Mike and his dumb eggplant shirt, if we're talking about clothing, this is the time to double down. This is the time to pick who you like especially pick against who you don't like because that's a much more fun way to bet and let it ride on Saturday. We'll have a good time together, win or lose. All right, for... For the campfire. Get the fuck out of here. Who are you Um, talking? For the campfire, it's Ryan Camp. Matt Mitchell was also here, I think. Here's Mike Calabrese to send us home. If you'd like to shoot in any questions, voicemails, uh, you can hit us up over at shootingthebreeze at gmail.com. We can receive multimedia files, maybe put it on the pod for you. At East Breeze over at our Twitter account, and you can find us at Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Android things, Overcast, all kinds of different stuff. You're going to be able to find us if you throw our name into the old Google machine. Um, so go ahead and do that. Please tell friends, family, not just related to me, Ryan and Matt, about the podcast. We'd love to, to grow the listenership. And a little bit of a teaser college basketball we're going to keep the podcast magic going so check out some news on that front uh, before the huge college basketball game on november 5th a tuesday the top four teams in the ap poll are all squaring off at madison square garden that's duke michigan state kansas and kentucky can't wait to get into that with uh, a special guest so keep keep an eye out for that and uh just keep on rocking we're, we're gonna get through this we're gonna get through these lean times we can't let ryan be the only goddamn winner out in the gambling universe have a great weekend guys